0: All right, everybody, you heard Bill. Welcome to episode 109 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. We are late because my internet decided about 15 minutes ago to uh, not work anymore, so I have to fix that thing. I'm with my main man, Bill, at Super Duplex, and the co-host with the most, Drew, at DR underscore PRA. Fellas, it is playoff time. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing good. Doing good. I'm in. uh...
0: (laughs) That good. That good. All right. I'm glad we're starting this off with uh, some fire.
1: Yeah. You know, for fantasy, doing all right. Uh, Lived another weekend. Scott Fishbowl. Got a few teams that are poised to do pretty well in playoffs, hopefully. Hopefully, barring injury. And then a couple of teams that I wanted to miss the playoffs, I missed by a long shot. So uh, can't complain there.
0: Yeah, that's always fun, Bill. I know. Uh, you know, I, I've seen all the tweets this week. You know, I've made uh, sixteen out of eighteen playoffs in in my leagues. Bill is like uh, like thirty five for thirty five. Um, he don't he don't miss. He, no, thirteen uh, he and hits nineteen. Thirteen to nineteen. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's a very high percentage. I don't do six math. buys. So six, six buy. Look at this a humble brag. Six six. No, not brag. humble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean,
2: I, you know, I think, like, you should have a pretty, like, I'm not, God, I don't, I'm don't i not sounding a jerk here, but, like, I think you should have a decently high percentage of making the playoffs um, if you're, you know, on the ball and making, um, you know, moves and everything, like, just because there's usually a few teams tanking every year, um, so, like, the percentage that you should make the playoffs, at least, should be, like, higher than the percentage like 50 percent, i think you know um but maybe i'm wrong
0: uh, and you know i i agree with that to a point
2: it depends where your teams are too
0: it depends on where your teams are you know are you a person that takes over a lot of orphans and are maybe rebuilding True. you know yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on i mean i know for myself i have the fatal flaw of always trying to win no matter what and there there are a couple leagues uh Superflex army two is one of them where I was like a game out of the playoffs. And I probably should have just blown up the team and and kind of started the rebuild. And I, I just, my pride doesn't allow me to do that. It's something I have to get better at as a, as a fantasy player, analyzing that and realizing, Hey, you know, the, the seventh pick in a 14 team league or the eighth pick in a, you know, it, it doesn't matter you know, those are actually the worst places to be because you're kind of in the middle. And uh so I have a few leagues like that where I'm like, man, I should have just should have blown this thing up a lot sooner. I should have realized that the team isn't ready to compete yet. But uh, you know, I'm hey listen, I'll be playing next year. So hopefully, you know, one more year, a little wiser, a little smarter, learning something every day. But um no nah, man, I mean that's what that's why I uh that's why I podcast with you guys because you guys bring up the uh the team average, you know. I'm uh I'm in the eight hole. I'm just you know Swinging away, hoping to, hoping to make some contact, but, uh, you know, luckily, uh, Scott Fishbowl, I, I, uh, I did well and got a buy so I didn't have to worry about, uh, the way my team blew up this week. It didn't, it didn't hurt me at all. So, uh, hopefully I get JT back. Hopefully Dak and Kirk cousins can uh, learn from the errors of their way and, uh, and do their thing. So, uh, yeah, let, let's do this thing, man. Let, let's talk about the uh, the eliminator before we do anything else. We do our shout outs every week. Shout out to our our main man, our our number one f- friend from Ireland, Jerry O'Shea. At Jerry Shea FF, Jerry. Uh, I hate to do it. You made it to the to what the final four, but we got to we got to bid you farewell. We have to uh, we have to send you off um, you know, drink a pint for me to get over this uh and uh we're moving on. We got three left. I, I these eliminators are amazing, man uh Bill and I are in the final three of Andrew Hall. Uh, shout out to our dad brother Andrew Hall and his eliminator and uh when I first looked at it at MFL, I thought I got eliminated this week and I said, hey, I made it to the final four. That's great. And then once I actually uh, sorted it by this week's standings, I said, oh, my goodness, I made it. <laughs> so final three is even better. Bill is there with me. Um, I made the uh, I made the comment in that chat that uh, Bill will uh, will win this thing because he's better at fantasy than I am. So uh, but we're in the final three. It would be funny if we made it to the final two and it was head to head between because uh, Andrew made the initial comment that it looks like. Uh, the fantasy timeline is poised to uh, to win this thing because we had a uh, two out of the four competitors, now we got two out of the three competitors.
2: I'll just withdraw, like when I get to the final. But you'll, you'll just like buy I'll all just the like unlink out. the account and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, well, Drew and I are in um, Junkies, and it's me, Drew, and Larry Monkey. So, um, so that's kind of cool that I'm in both in the a final with uh, each of my co-hosts.
0: That now that's awesome. I didn't know about that because I, I am not in
1: the junkies one, but I had no idea until Bill said something two days ago. I, thought, <laughs> I, already, I already removed it from my app because I thought I was out like two months ago.
0: That that's funny. No, but, sir. But, <laughs> but hey, the, the fantasy timeline representing uh I love it. So um Bill Bill and I were booted a very long time ago out of our own Eliminator, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, it was, it's always a lot of fun. The chat is always a lot of fun. The draft is always a lot of fun. So we, uh, we like doing that stuff. So, all right, we got that out of the way, but Let, let's do it, man. Let's do good, bad, and ugly. The final uh, regular season fantasy week of the good, bad, and ugly. Now we're going to be doing the playoffs soon. Um,
1: Bill, why don't you start us off, man? Who's uh who's your good? I can't hear you. My yeah, I
2: uh saw Drew telling me he couldn't hear me, so I cursed before I unmuted. Um, so uh my uh good is George Kittle because I love the player and um his performance this week. He uh fifteen targets, thirteen catches, you know, 151 yards and a touchdown. And he is playing like George Kittle. Like he looks like healthy George Kittle. And he is the go-to guy now, you know, that, and he is just trucking people. Like he is, he has become the wrestler again, you know, like he is the personality, everything like that. And it was just, he's probably one of my favorite people to watch just because of how he plays. And um, it's really cool. I mean, probably because I have way too many shares of his it's uh, it also makes me happy, but uh, it's just cool to see one of the cool characters uh back playing the way we hope he will so
0: yeah i mean it's amazing and i i was thinking about this as well when i saw that you had uh you had george kittle as your guy i had him last week actually so it's funny that uh two weeks in a row uh two of us have just looked at george kittle and went damn but if you i was thinking about this if uh Trey Lance is the guy in 2022, which I think we all believe he will be. He's going to have to be really bad to not be good. I mean, we've seen Devo blow up. George Kittle is, like, finally sliding back into peak George Kittle. We've seen flashes from Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Elijah Mitchell looks good. I mean, there's just weapons all over the place on that 49ers team. And if Trey Lance can live up to the hype, whew, that's a, that is a scary, scary offense. Drew, anything on George Kittle or do you want to hit us with your good?
1: No, nah, he had that clutch catch coming down the stretch as well. Uh, so not just the, you know, the, the touchdowns and, and all the receptions throughout the game, but when, when you need a superstar, he came through, uh, which was great to see. And I agree. I, I like the guy a lot. Uh, I hope he stays healthy, and he's still young. He's only what twenty-seven or something like that. Yeah, and he's got he's got a lot of runway ahead of him. If he uh, probably needs to to look at adjusting his style a little bit here and there, and make some more business decisions. But uh, you love a guy that goes out and uh, leaves it all out on the field every week for his team and for the fans. So yeah, just a good guy. I love watching him. Um, played against him in a few leagues. Uh, fortunately, he didn't hurt me too bad there. But it was uh, you could tell the teams that had him last week.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: So. Yeah, uh, my good, good – uh, I, I had a hard time deciding. I actually changed a couple times here and almost went with uh, the duo that you two have with Burrow and Chase and uh, their their connections there. But I uh, ended up going with Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Um, you, you heard the announcers talking about Adams getting shut down a little bit early. Robert Quinn comes up, and whether it was in jest or he was being serious, does the, uh, does the belt after he sacks Rodgers, and then Rodgers goes for four touchdowns and almost 300 yards afterwards. Uh, and two of them to Devontae Adams, who had double-digit catches. Um, yeah, just unreal, the connection that they have. It'll be sad if they're not together the next year. It'll be tough to see both of them. Um, yeah, you know, I, I imagine Rogers will probably be in a better situation because he'll probably control his destiny a little bit more. But, um, you know, they're just a special duo. And you saw them on the connection uh, on the quick slant in the end zone. And then just some of the that double move on the first touchdown was just – beautiful uh, to see those two just on the same page so good to see uh vintage rogers to adams i don't know how many times we'll see it again or how many more times we'll see it but uh hopefully some more
0: yeah i'm with you man i i almost think they're going to be a package deal i mean if you're Devonte adams do you do you want to play with somebody else do you do you want to take that risk i mean i know he's going to get a lot of money no matter where he goes He's too talented, but man, what what if Aaron Rodgers goes to let's just say Carolina? DJ Moore, Devonte Adams. Ooh. I mean, I mean, let, let's like let's do that. I know the popular uh the popular spot is Denver, and that could get a little tricky considering they just poured a whole bunch of money into wide receivers during uh during the season, but. I mean, there's a couple of spots that are going to need a QB, and I think Devontae Adams could fit into most of them pretty well. So I'm hoping they stay together because I want to see that for the next few years. All right, let me, uh, let me hit you with the good. Dalvin Cook. My goodness, they, they, this guy dislocates a shoulder. They say it's going to be a two- to three-week thing. Okay, so he takes a week off. Then then they put him in the harness, and he goes, hey, man, it's cool. Put me in the harness. Uh, 27 rushes, 205 yards, two touchdowns. And then he goes, I'll, I'll get a reception for 17 yards just to put a little icing on the cake. I mean, I know. they They have Justin Jefferson and... Uh, Even though Adam Thielen didn't play, Adam Thielen is a part of this team and K.J. Osborne has looked good in spots. But how do you just not go, all right, Dalvin, you're that dude. (laughs) We're we're just going to run you a bunch. We're going to scheme you, you know, we're going to scheme holes for you. We're going to do this thing. I mean, I, I don't know how he's not a triple digit yardage rusher every week. I don't I don't get it. He, he's just so damn talented and he can catch the ball. He only had one reception in this game, but he can catch the ball, too. So um, I have a feeling that uh, Mike Zimmer is not going to be the head coach of Minnesota next year, especially if they miss the playoffs, which they I mean, that seventh seed in the NFC could be taken by like six different teams. So. There's actually probably a good shot. They don't make the playoffs. And there's just too much talent. And Dalvin Cook is maybe the most talented person on that team. And yes, I know Justin Jefferson plays for the Vikings. Are you nodding your head, Drew, because I'm wrong about Dalvin Cook's talent? Or uh, are you just nodding because his greatness?
1: No, he definitely surprised a lot of people. It was funny to watch Twitter Thursday night to see everybody who <laughs> was either celebrating that they left him in and took the risk or the people that were lamenting that they didn't. And, uh, you know, it's so, so hard sometimes cause you have the the start your studs crowd or, you know, you have a handful of guys that if they're active, you're always starting them. But, uh, it, just another lesson. If you have a talent like that, uh, you gotta go with it.
0: Yeah. And it, it's funny. I actually, so I traded Dalvin after the shoulder injury in one league because, you know, playing for playoff ranking and trying to get a buy and, you know, thought he was going to be out at least two weeks. And I actually played the person this week that I traded him to. And I go, oh, man, I said he he, uh, he started him. And then I pull up the scoreboard he left them firmly on the bench and I just started fist pumping, man. I
1: was like, Let's <laughs> <No>. go!"
0: <laughs> I was like, I was like, Lucky dog. I've never, never been so happy to see a guy sitting on the bench of my life. I, <laughs> I was fist pumping. Um, because I mean, that could have, that could have put a real damper on, uh, on playoff plans and playoff seating and all that fun stuff. But, um, Yeah, I mean, it was one of the two, and you were either real happy or real upset.
2: Yeah, I played Madison a couple times, believing that he was going to get more play, so that was my uh, my error. Um, And can I throw in an honorable mention that I feel needs to be included in the good? And we're talking about him later a little bit, but let's do it. um, Hunter Renfro, man he had 14 targets and 13 catches. I mean, he's, his ADOT's like half a yard, but like, I mean, he gets you 100 yards a hundred yards of touchdown and all those catches and PPR. I mean, for what you, he costs you. And, you know, like I listened to a decent amount of podcasts, not as many as uh Josh here, but uh, a decent amount. And, um, you know, there was one particular one that they kept pushing uh ad Hunter Runfro. you know, and like, then I heard another podcast just recently talking about um now is like in the summer, yeah. um, but somebody was comparing him to maybe being the next like kind of Jarvis Landry, you know, like where he's just that guy. He's gonna be open, you know. You he's like kind of an extension of the running game. And um just I mean, once they lost everybody, it's like, okay, let's you know, look shorter down the field and uh, find the guy that's open and it seems to be him all the time and he catches most things. So um, pretty impressive from a walk on in college to, to like doing this, you know, so um, just wanted to kind of bring him up because I feel like um, if anybody deserves it, it's probably him.
0: Uh, I love Mm. that. And I mean, even though we all three of us picked uh, really good players for our good, Dude, Hunter Renfro is that dude. I mean, he just, and people are like, well, you know, what's going to happen when Darren Waller comes back and and blah, blah, blah. And yes, I get it. Darren Waller is a very good player, but I don't think we should just all of a sudden, once Waller comes back, say that Hunter Renfro is going to turn back into a pumpkin. I think he's still, I, I mean, if the coaching staff has eyes, how how is he not still a very large part of your offense? even if you're just telling me that in the in the past game, the only two guys you're throwing it to is Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Like, okay, fine. like, like just do that, but he he's way too talented. Um, he's a guy that I unfortunately have zero shares of uh, any startups that I do next year. Um I'm probably going to have some Hunter Renfro on those teams because. I just like the way he plays the game. And unfortunately, you know, this year we we talked about a lot of other guys. You know, we we talked about Henry Ruggs, you know, before the season started. And obviously that whole thing happened. And we talked about Darren Waller and we talked about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. And kind of like his entire career has been, we've kind of just left Hunter Renfro to the side. And he's showing us now you can't leave him to the side no more. He's He's a major player in this league.
2: And I'm looking at his, um, you know, just the wide receiver stats for the year up through now, and I sorted it by points per game. He only has two games under ten uh, this season, so it's not like he's just, you know, doing it right. after they lost players. Um, and he's the 17th ranked wide receiver, so you're getting a mid wide receiver two for nothing essentially, you know, during um, startups or trades or whatever. Like, um, and I think you can probably still get him cheaper than you should, or probably this off season, you'll probably be able to as well. Maybe not right now because of the situation, but, um, he might be a guy where like, he's probably going to be one of those perennially, uh, undervalued players, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, might be worth adding a few shares of him on cheer. Like, like
0: Jarvis Landry. <laughs> exactly. You, you made yeah. the comparison and it's apt in this situation too, because Jarvis Landry was a guy forever that you were like, uh, but I feel like this other guy is better than Jarvis Landry. And then Jarvis Landry was like wide receiver 15 every year. And everyone was like shocked by it, even though he did it every year. Um, yeah. And, and just to to bring a little bit more context, Bill, to you, what you were saying, I think over the last five weeks, he's like wide receiver, like four or five, something like that. So, he, I mean, yeah, on the basis of the season, he's wide receiver 17. But like, even if we just take it to, you know, this chunk of the season that we're in right now, I he's like a he's a high wide receiver one. So, that I mean, that just shows what he can do if he is put into the game plan and used the right way.
1: Yeah, All right. he's only got five touchdowns on the whole season. So, you know, it is a, a consistent floor for him.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think during this, like, big stretch that he's had over the last four weeks or so, I think he only has one touchdown it's it's crazy that we see his point totals and we go oh well it's got to be touchdown dependent it's not he doesn't have to get into the end zone in a PPR league he's going to score you double digit points probably just with receptions forget the yardage i mean bill you mentioned earlier his a dot is like you know 0. .3 but just on receptions he, he gets you to double digits and then whatever yardage comes is you know is the sprinkles and then the touchdowns are, are the cherry. So, you know, he just, yeah, he's, he's amazing. I love that you brought him up. I think that's a, I think that's an awesome honorable mention. And I almost, I feel like I'm disrespecting him by, by saying honorable mention, but uh, all three of us had great, uh, great goods. So unfortunately we got our faces are going to turn down a little bit. Cause now we got to go into the bad. Um, Antonio Gibson, 10 rushes for 36 yards, two receptions for five yards. And of course, you know, on top of all of that, uh, doo he throws a fumble in there just to just to knock a couple of the very few points he had in the beginning. Uh, Bill, I don't know who has him in the OG league, but we probably shouldn't even talk about it. We'll just move on. Uh, whoever has him, uh, thank, thank goodness uh, the rest of their team is elite. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, was it just the fact that uh, I want to ask you guys this because I honestly I I want your opinions because I don't know. Is it just the fact that the Dallas defense just kind of dominated that game that took Antonio Gibson out of it? Or did we get a nice little streak and now we're kind of going back to like this weird Antonio Gibson usage again?
1: How early did McLaurin get hurt in this game? Because I'm thinking, without him there, you know, you've got the ability for Dallas to just kind of key in on that. Because I would have expected, uh, with the the box score, that Gibson would have at least gotten a few more catches and maybe some PPR points for us that way. But um, you know, once McLaurin's gone, you don't have Logan Thomas anymore. Uh, you're really Gibson's about it, and Heineke's not that guy that's going to make you uh, still keep decent coverage uh, behind your front seven. So. Uh, I think it was just too easy to key in on Gibson, limit him, and then Dallas just kept rolling. So I think there are a couple of pieces that fed into him being real limited. So if somebody's ready to bail because of this week, sure, I'll take him.
0: Yeah, um, he he got hurt right after halftime. It was, like, very early in the third quarter uh, when he got hurt. So And it just looked bad. I mean, I, w- I was watching that game, and it just – the way he landed, I was
1: just like, oh, man.
0: I hope he gets up, and then kind of got up, and he didn't look good, and not, uh, it was it was not good. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping it was just more a product of Dallas's defense was rolling in that game than like Washington is going to go back and I think, uh, oh, I'm blanking on on his name, the uh, the second string cor- uh, running back in Washington, McKissick. McKissick. Yes, I think he's coming back this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that as well. But uh that was that was my bad, unfortunately. Uh Drew, why don't you hit us with uh with your bad?
1: Yeah, my bad and my ugly are probably interchangeable here. Uh so I, I settled in uh, you know, a guy that totally dropped off this week, zero points, uh, Jonathan Taylor. We've had in our good I'm just kidding. It's uh, we got Foster Moreau, who uh, a lot of people were banking on this week. Uh, you know his his splits are are limited without Waller, but you know he's put up some numbers when he wasn't there. Uh, not a lot of other weapons. Catch up game against the Chiefs, and uh, maybe we didn't give the Chiefs' defense enough credit coming into this. But Moreau with uh, a pretty paltry three catches for 13 yards and six targets in a game that they were chasing all day. Uh, especially for some of us in tight and premium leagues where we didn't need a ton. We just needed a few catches and maybe 30, 40 yards and feel good about it. Uh, Totally let us down. So he's uh, he's the guy that I've gotten in the bad for this week.
0: Yeah. I I think a lot of people were on that train. I think they were like, yeah, man, like this is going to be a guy, obviously, you know, someone needs to take those receptions and, uh, who, who took those receptions again? Who, who, who was the man in that game? I, I feel like, uh, I feel like maybe we should have talked about them or something. I don't know, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I, and I, I was, you know, hyping up Foster Moreau, like everybody else. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work out that way. So, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill hit us with the bad.
2: Yeah. My bad is, it's not necessarily a, like an indictment on the player, but I picked Dak, um, you know, you're you're going into week fourteen of the you know potentially needing a big performance out of your elite quarterback, and he just threw up a stinker. Um, I think what was it? Um, Twenty-two of thirty-nine for two eleven, a touchdown and two picks, uh, and then seven carries for fifteen yards. So it's just like nothing was was happening. You know, everything was a like a slog to him, and um. So you end up like in our, at least in our OG league, you know, it's under 10 points and um, that's just a huge, you know, you know, hit to your team. When you go in feeling good, you got deck, you know, you got a, a good offense, everything like that. And, you know, who knows how many um, people, um, you know, this less than stellar performance affected, you know, um, their playoff hopes.
0: Bill, I, I mean, you, you started that by kind of saying, you know, you don't, you don't want it to sound too bad, but it, it was bad. It well, was, it was not good. It was,
2: I was surprised and I think this is a big hit this year is he has 106 yards rushing and, you know, I get it. Like, I mean, his ankle was twisted. Um, but, you know, like we have this expectation or at least previously of, you know, 300 ish, uh rushing yards and um I think that really has hurt him this year. I don't know where he is in the QB points per game or anything, but um Josh, you definitely had a um, clearer picture of his performance. Was it him or was it just the um it it it
0: was him it it was him and this is this has not been segregated to just this week. I mean he he always seems to be okay for you in fantasy, but in reality, there's just something, and I don't know if Dak is just kind of taking it a little bit easier because the defense has been so dominant. So he doesn't feel like he needs to put that all on his shoulders to lead the team to victory. I don't I honestly don't know. You know, a lot of people have brought up that he hasn't looked the same since. The calf injury that took him out uh, right around midseason when we saw the Cooper Cup or Cooper Cup, excuse me, Cooper Rush game. Um, and he hasn't looked the same since. I mean, the offense, I mean, we can go back in time a little bit. You know, obviously they lost to Denver. They they scored, I think, 14 very late points when it was just a dominant blowout by Denver I mean we can look at the Atlanta game and say well they scored 43 in that game but you know that's Atlanta that's not you know we're you know a team that's nine and four and is going to host at least one home game um beating Atlanta by a bunch isn't really the kind of games that you're like hey you know this is what we our offense should stake its claim to and Honestly, if it wasn't for the defense against Washington, they they would have lost that game. Um, They they put up some points against uh, Las Vegas on Thanksgiving, but they you know, they didn't look good in that game either. So, I mean, for the better part of almost a month and a half, they uh, they haven't looked good on offense, save, you know, maybe one. One and a half performances. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's concerning. I'm hoping that Kellen Moore gets in the lab and figures out either a way to motivate Dak if it's a motivation issue, or figure out a way to get him going if he's still dealing with some of the stuff with his calf because it's been, it's not been good for a long time. And it, it, worries me because that defense has proven this year that it can be elite. I mean, we've seen it in multiple games where they're just crazy and they can score enough points on their own to win a game. But once you get into the playoffs, you can't have an offense doing what they're doing right now and just rely solely on a defense to win you games. Um, sorry, that's my long-winded explanation, but I need to get that off my chest because it's been – it's been fun to watch wins, but it's been hard for the other stuff. So our boy Justin at Run DFF, he got a question for the pod. If league bylaws have two different tiebreakers and each tiebreaker would result in a different playoff bracket, how would you choose which tiebreaker to use? So I I'm going to abstain from this question because I am in said league, so I don't want to sound biased. I will give my one sentence uh, response to this question after you two fine fellows give your opinions.
2: So I think that like, it really depends and I don't know the exacts of this situation, but like if it depends on where the sections, like, you know, if the bylaws are reasonably clear cut, like, okay, this is the playoff seedings. And then it just so happens that maybe tiebreakers were used for, um, in another area, I would use the tiebreakers in the section for playoff seedings. Um, because the other one could be, were they, the, um, who makes the playoffs? Like, it could be two different rules. Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, so it like you could have to use one and then another, um, to properly, you know, figure it out. Um, but if there is two and they're both kind of like in the same section, um, then I think you have to revert to what was done, um, in previous years if there was the issue. And then if there wasn't, um, I think it's just commissioner call and what their intention was. Um, like as a commissioner, if I've screwed up and I have, I mean, it's very likely I had an issue where I was copy and pasting things. Um, from like when I was updating bylaws based on 17 weeks of um, fantasy football this year. And I copied something that wasn't, um, you know, it didn't uh, pertain to the the leagues I was copying it to. And um, it was about seedings. Actually, it was about who made the playoffs. And um, so I just said, well, that wasn't the intent, you know, that was, this is, we're going to revert back to last year, what it was and, and move on. But uh, it sounds like this was just one that's never um, it's never been needed before or, Correct. or, and so Correct. if that's the case, I think you just leave it up to the commission, what their intent is and, and, and just call it a day long winded answer
0: to get to that. No, I, I like it. Cause you, you brought a lot of good points. Drew, what do you think about this one?
1: Just to be clear, I'm a, I'm a doctor, not a lawyer. So I'll do my best here to decipher uh, what we've got going on. But uh, I, I I'm simple where I think at the end of the day, you've got to you can only put in a certain order of tiebreakers on whatever platform you're using. So I, I think uh, the commissioner at some point had to put those together. So that's where I would go first is what's, what's on the platform that you're using. What does that show in the league settings? Uh, but to Bill's point, hopefully you uh, the commissioner has a, a best interest clause where they get to just step in and say, this is, this is what it was supposed to be. This is what we maybe agreed to uh, when we started this thing up. And get, uh, you know, set your precedent now. Uh, the worst thing is to go back and forth and waffle. So I, I think here you just got to be decisive, make your call, live with it. If you hurt some feelings, you hurt some feelings, uh, but that way you know what you're doing in the future, and then clean up your bylaws and learn from it for next time.
0: Yeah, uh, Justin and I are both in this league. Justin has a first round buy. So to him it honestly it does not matter what the other seeds turn into because there's no there's no way uh he cannot be the uh the two seed and get that by. Uh I said this in the chat because there was a lot of back and forth there was a lot of you know whatever and I said it doesn't matter to me. If I if I I'm the current defending champion in this league if I'm going to repeat, I got to beat 3 of the best 6 teams in the league and it doesn't matter what order you put them in. I'm going to have to do it if I want to repeat. So, to me it honestly doesn't matter um you know we all got to remember fantasy is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be look, like Bill said, sometimes these things happen. Bill commissions a lot of leagues. I am lucky I only commission one league. So, I normally don't have these issues because I have one set of bylaws because literally i commission one league, but mistakes happen. You you copy and paste wrong. You type something that you didn't mean to type. Maybe you were thinking of another league. You type something in, you didn't mean it. And then someone brings it up. And Drew, I believe you said, you know, it's always great when you have those um, best interests of the league clauses. I feel like it should be in every bylaw, no matter wh- how simple or complicated your league is. Um, just because these things happen, we're all human. We all, we all make mistakes. And um, it's just good for a commissioner to say, hey, I messed this up. I apologize. This is the way it's supposed to be. And we're going to go. And honestly, what all you, all you guys brought up a lot of really good points if none of that works just say we're going to go based off of the standings that the platform has put up so if six teams make the playoffs team 1 and 2 in the standings you get your bye number 3 plays number 6 number 4 plays number 5 i don't care how the you know how the platform arranged it whether it's you know total record and then points and point whatever head to head whatever it is we're just going to use the platform, and then, like you both said, we'll clean it up in the off season, and we'll move on, and we'll learn from it. So, um, so yeah, uh, I got I got to run the gauntlet if I want to if I want to repeat. So it doesn't doesn't matter what the order is. I don't care. Just let's let's set them up. If I'm going to win, I'm going to have to knock them down. So uh, that's how I feel about it. Um, all right, we sidetracked. Bill, hit us hit us with your ugly who's ugly
2: yeah <clears throat> my ugly i actually was gonna put dak and ugly and then i was like yeah i don't want to be too harsh and then i found <laughs> um i found a much uglier situation than dak um and it's somebody that um uh justin says it's the one seed so he's getting all uh bougie on us um all eh, right whatever I'm anyway. <laughs> you're getting a buy get, anyway so I went with Cortland Sutton. I mean, it just seems like, you know, it, Jerry Judy comes back, you know, it, like it just seems like Teddy doesn't want to throw the ball down the field. Um, and it's just really hurting, uh, you know, any even There's no upside right now for um, for Cortland Sutton. He's, he had uh, one catch for nine yards with two targets. And So at least one of his passes was nine yards or less. (laughs) And, um, so that's a little bit of a concern. And, um, he has had, I think it was five games in a row of less than 30 yards and six games in a row of two or less receptions. So like, I mean, that is like, I mean, you can't even think about playing him. And, and for a guy who, you know, who, who flashed, um, and made difficult receptions. Like he was making some incredible receptions the first couple of years of his career. And it's just, it's sad to see like where he is now. Um, I mean, they really need to get a quarterback that's going to look further down the field, but at the same time, like there's a lot of other um, targets that maybe get open and, you know, the quarterbacks feel more comfortable throwing it to him, them, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. So, um, I mean, they are totally just a um, trying to be an efficient offense and not like go for any big plays, and it's uh, that's not going to be good for Cortland Sutton. So
0: ugly. Uh, I'm with you on that. That whole that whole receiving core, minus some some flashes from Tim Patrick, has been ugly this season. So, all right, Drew, hit us with, hit us with yours. Who who was ugly this week?
1: Yeah. Just to kind of add on to Sutton, you know, for a guy that got paid too, right. You know, all three of these guys got paid. Uh, You expect a little bit more, but I will say uh, on the Cortland Sutton side to see the opening game of game, the first play, that was pretty classy. Uh, He was the one that stayed out when they did the first snap uh, in memory of, uh, of Demarius Thomas there. So kudos to you, Broncos, kudos to you lions for being classy, declining the penalty and, uh, you know, giving the respect that was due there to uh, a guy that should be in the hall of fame. So. Um, my ugly was Darnell Mooney guy that I like a lot, got him in a couple leagues, um, five targets, one catch 19 yards. Uh, so got you a couple of points depending on your format. But, uh, again, for a game where it was, it was back and forth and they needed the points, any needed the yards, uh, did not come up, uh, with what I think a lot of us were hoping or expecting him to do in this game. So I don't know if that's more of an issue with, uh, Justin Fields. I saw one, one completion that went his direction, just tough catch he, he couldn't get a hold of. But, uh, yeah, good thing I didn't need him in, in the leagues that I've got him. But this week uh, I'll be thinking about the end of my my wide receiver list here of who's going to be starting, and he'll make the decision a little bit tougher after last week.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a few flash, big, big flashy games, and then all of a sudden we kind of got on board, and troop, he went back to – he turned himself back into a pumpkin so my ugly is uh is urban meyer that man still has a job i don't get it um obviously the big tom pellicero article came out about you know like he pissed off marvin jones do you know how hard that is like you pissed off marvin jones to the point where marvin jones was ready to leave and bill no disrespect here but he played a lot of years in detroit and you never heard that from, you never heard, oh, Marvin Jones is pissed off, he wants to leave.
2: With Matt Patricia.
0: With, oh, good point. With Matt Patricia. I wanted to punch Matt Patricia, and I wasn't even in the building. So I, Marvin Jones is a dude you never hear out. Marvin Jones is a diva. He's a complainer. He's a And he was ready to walk out on paychecks because Urban Meyer is so bad that that's what really got me. I mean, all the other stuff is bad as well, but I'm like, you pissed off Marvin Jones. That That's like pissing off a priest. Like that doesn't happen. And he pissed off Marvin Jones. I was like, okay. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in that situation. Obviously he's going to be the coach for the rest of the year. I don't know what 2022 holds, but you have, you know, we all said it, all three of us said it during the, uh, during the pre-draft rookie process trevor lawrence is is the best qb prospect since luck or since paint manning whatever and like are you gonna you've already ruined the first year of his career like that's that's wasted whatever are you gonna make it two? if you're shot con you're gonna waste two years of this guy's career because i can't believe urban meyer all of a sudden figures it out and all of a sudden he's a he's a good coach, a that is good to players, that is getting the most out of his players. So I don't know, but that's my ugly that's all that's a whole ugly situation in Jacksonville. And uh I hope for Trevor Lawrence's sake, uh it uh it changes, which is another reason why Drew, you're gonna lose that bet if you take a T Law because if Irvin myers there <laughs> you can call it a loss on the spot. <laughs> Tua two can have me as his head coach, and he's still going to do better. So, uh, you know, but yeah, that that's my ugly, and uh, I, I pray for Jaguars and their fans every day. Uh, just I hope I hope it gets better out there. All right, good, bad, and ugly. Let's hit the timeline. Let's see what is going on in these streets. First one is from Matthew Seward at Matt Two Frosty. He said he made another dynasty trade. Trades are always a good thing. He said, I'm a rebuilder who doesn't want to roster running backs that are fragile. Oh, then after so this- running
2: backs. Right. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say
0: after this year, you don't want to roster a single running back. Okay. Gotcha. Um, he said, talk to me. We're going we're to talk to you, Matt. Uh, Elijah Mitchell or a 20. 20- 22 first and right now it looks like it's going to be a playoff first so somewhere between the 107 and 112 so let let's assume it is one of those uh lower picks let's assume it is the 111 or 112 because we always assume it's going to be one of the higher picks and it almost never works out like that so let's go on that lower spectrum um bill I'll, i'll let you go first since uh since you were big on uh, um, the other guy in San Francisco, I already, I already forgot his name. I Revisionist what, history. Um, I don't know what his name is, but um, uh, I think
2: you suggested we draft him in um, OG League.
0: I mean, it was probably the twenty seventh round at that point. <laughs> I mean, can't um, I would say yeah. that
2: earlier. So, I mean, I think I'm snap accepting this, regardless. Um, I, I a yes, he's shown that he's gotten health issues, which. You know, I mean, I'm not worried about that. I'm not going to say he's prone. I'm not saying any of that. Her fragile after one year. I mean, it could have been one injury that's just lingering, you know, so it's, um, or just freak. I don't know, like, what his injury history is, so I I really don't know. But, like, regardless, like, a fifth-round running back may, may not, like, let's just say, like, this same conversation could be, have been had last year for uh, James Robinson. And, Is that his name? Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Hey, winner. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, how would you feel about that right now? You know? Um, so like, I think that it's a pretty easy except for the pick, uh, in my mind. Um, and if you're like really hard up where you need a running back, I just think you can get somebody else for cheap, um, to get you through this year. Um, as opposed to uh, oh, he paying. said he's
0: rebuilding so
2: oh I mean, yeah yeah so at, totally at this point, like that as yeah. a rebuilder i don't even think you flinch i mean now i'm trying to think like what would be the latest pick i would accept and i think it would be like 202 maybe like if okay. a really really bad team offered me their their second i might consider it um but i really don't know much about the draft class yet so um but I think regardless, I think that the pick, you know, is liquid and easy to move if if you want to, uh, you know, wheel and
0: deal. What do you think, Drew, about this deal?
1: Yeah, I was definitely more on the fence, I think, than Bill is. Um, if you think you're a year out and, you know, he could be your RB2 next year or if you have an early pick that you're going to use on a guy that you like early in the draft, um, I I'm fine, maybe asking for a little bit more, especially for assuming it's a late first. you know if you're rebuilding, can you get a late second from them as well perhaps? Um, but I mean you look at his production this year. he's I don't think he's had fewer than double digit touches every game that he's played in the last two or three weeks he's had 20 plus carries. Um, so he he seems to be the guy. Um, I know Shanahan is tough and San Francisco seems to be a carousel at running back. So I, I get the hesitation there. I'm not huge. I actually just traded him away as well. Um but I, I think what did you uh, get? You know, uh, so I sent him and uh what will be a late first now for uh Michael Pittman and one hunter renfro. Well you know we're gonna like that. Um yeah
2: I mean I get your point with the you know with how he's doing, how well he's doing, but also what's the situation. I mean, there's really not been running backs that have even like, yes, he's getting most of the touches, but is that because there's just nobody else to get touches? Like obviously Trey Sermon has become a bust, Um, you know, and then what other running back was even healthy, um, hasty for a minute. Um, So a couple
1: games of Wilson, that's about it.
2: Yeah. So it's like one of those things where like, is it, is it kind of the Evan Ingram thing from his rookie year where, you know, he's getting a ton of targets cause there's just no other option or is it be, because he has won it? And I mean, I don't deny that he looked good. Um, but that was, that's something that's just running through my head as to like, how comfortable do I have? Am I entering into 2022 with him yeah. as one of my like running backs?
1: Right. And assuming that Trey, Trey Lance takes some of that next year. Right. You know if he's a starter so yeah I, I could definitely uh be be convinced or i probably have been convinced to take something especially if it ends up being a little bit earlier but yeah like you said josh that pick is definitely uh usable in the off season or especially once you get to the draft so um yeah i i think i would be fine moving it for any you know whatever that pick turns out to be and yeah i don't know how late i would go uh bill I, I would probably want to keep it at a first i don't know that i could convince myself to to give it up for an early second yet but um but yeah i think for the offer here uh, i would feel good about taking that first and let it run its course if it's the 112 so be it it's still a first when it comes to the draft and if it ends up being better you know each spot ahead is uh you know that much sweeter
0: yeah i'm with you drew uh i don't i don't trade elijah mitchell for anything less than a first even if it even if it is the 112 uh I don't I don't know if I I mean I guess I could ask for more than that. I don't think I would though. I think if somebody offered me a first, I'm uh I'm doing like Bill said, I'm snap accepting that, and I'm going to um I'm I'm gonna take the pick. Uh I will say I do think Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one guy, but in San Francisco, that's kind of a a fluid term because the number one guy isn't usually that bell cow three down, you know, guy. I mean, um, uh, man, I am, I am doing bad with names today. The guy who started week one for, uh, for San Francisco. Uh, Moster. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm just a little, I do. Um, he was he was the guy starting week one and he got hurt and it automatically went to Elijah Mitchell. There wasn't a um it wasn't, hey, let's try Trey Sermon out first, let's try Jamichael Hasty out first, let's try well Jeff Wilson was hurt, so he couldn't be tried out, but um he was the clear number two and then he moved into the clear number one. I can't imagine that Mostert, who I think is like twenty-nine or something like that, is going to get brought back. Um so I think at least to start the year, Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one. But we also know the 49ers, they're going to add guys. I mean, they had Wayne Gallman on that team at one point and then cut him. You know, they drafted two guys, Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. Uh, Jeff Wilson will probably be there until he is old and gray because they like Jeff Wilson. So, um, but the way he's played this year, I can't, I can't give him up for less than a first. Um, but the good thing about that first is we know you know we're going to talk bad about the 2022 draft for the rest of the season and then we're going to get into the off season and all the people that don't really watch the film because they're focusing on the NFL game are going to start watching the film. and Then we're going to start, hey, you know, this guy could be really good. And, uh, oh, this guy over here. Could, Every year. Could be really good. Traylon Burks and Isaiah Spiller. Well, just
2: think about, like, the um, Nikhil Harry year, right? Like, everybody is talking about how, like, Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs were going to be, like, Oh, I think they're almost as good as, uh, you know, the CMC year. Yeah, and, Zeke, you know, they're better than just, those guys. So, it, yeah, it happens every year regardless. And you got it. So you almost have to take a step back and look at what everybody was saying the previous NFL season of, of the draft class because everybody gets so hyped up because it's exciting and it's fun. And that's part of why we do this, you know, and um, – cool. But we usually, don't, more often than not, people are right about the strengths of the classes.
0: But we don't. But we don't. We don't want those people to do that because we have this first-round pick that we got for Elijah Mitchell now, and we're not. It. What you should be doing, especially as a rebuilder, you shouldn't be taking a guy. You should be going, hey, I, I got the one eleven. You know, there's this guy here that you really love. You've heard all the hype. He got drafted to a really good spot. How about you trade, and I, I did this in Superflex Army last year. Um, I think it was the 107 or the 108. I, I was getting offers for it. I said to somebody, hey, would you give me Stefan Diggs for this pick? It wasn't the 101. It wasn't the 102. It was a mid to later first round pick. They said, yeah, okay, let's do this. And I got Stefan Diggs, you know, a top what? We'll call him a top 10 at worst fantasy wide receiver for a middle of the round middle first round pick why because there was somebody who oh he was so good i remember watching him at you know insert big college here and it's going to happen again this year we're going to get hype we're going to see all the fluff pieces we're going to be there we're going to be in the middle of it and that's when you trade that pick for a guy hey uh you know and i think it's going to be a guy better than elijah mitchell at the end of the day, like I think even at the 111, I think if you go, I want to trade this pick for a guy, it's going to be better than Elijah Mitchell. So, yeah, take that pick, hold it, let it let it just get that value, let people get lathered up and then say, all right, you know, I got this pick, you know, what do you, you know? You, what, do you want Mark Andrews? I mean, Mark, he's not this guy over here who was, you know, all SEC for three years. He's not that guy. Why don't we make a trade? And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But that's what I would be doing as a rebuilder. So, uh, all right, man, let's hit this next one here. Um, I, I I like this question. This is a redraft question, but I, I love this question because you know we now we're in playoff season. We you know we got to fight about everything. So this is from Nick script at P Two W Fantasy. Uh he said player A needs a running back but is waiting until closer to game time for the move. Player B is playing player A, so this is a head-to-head between A and B. He wakes up on Sunday morning early, picks up and drops multiple running backs, so player A can't make a good move. Is that wrong? Or is that strategy? And I have I have very uh I have very firm feelings about this. But Drew, why don't you hit us up? Why don't you hit us up first? is it wrong or is it strategy
1: man if it lets you do it you do it um you know there's got to be there's a reason that (laughs) you, you should go with fab in your waivers for your league as opposed to a traditional uh waiver order but if that's what you've chosen that's what you've chosen and and that's uh one of the consequences of your choice is that that is an option uh, again, unless it's explicitly forbidden in your bylaws or something, but then good luck enforcing that. But uh, yeah, I mean, gamesmanship, it's its a game and it's uh, its a play to win. So uh, I, I don't personally have a problem with it. If it happens, um, I'm probably not the person that's going to do that very often if I am in that kind of league. But uh, at the end of the day, if, if it lets you do it and it's not explicitly uh, a no-no in the bylaws, What are you going to do? What are you going to say? You're going to update things for next year is what's going to happen.
0: What do you think, Bill?
2: Yeah, I think that's not in the best interest of the league. So, like, as a commish, I would probably be like, this is some bullshit. Um, I'm definitely not doing that. Like, I am very much a person that will – I'm going to try to be on the up and up as much as I can be. And I get it. Like it might be gamesmanship. Um, Not in my mind. I think that that's just, um, I think it's kind of weak sauce a little bit. Like, I think that you're, you're not winning based on your skills. You're just uh, manipulating a a potential setting. Um, And so like, As a commissioner, I would be like, yeah, that's not the full intention of this. So like either the setting really needs to be if you drop somebody off your waiver, they're immediately available. And that's an easy way. So then by all means, pick up 50 guys. But because when you drop them, you know, they're going to be available to the next person. So it's got to be one or the other. You can't your settings cannot be where they freeze, but you also allow somebody to pick up and drop immediately or you freeze it on the roster until the next week. And so those are I mean issues. I think me as a commissioner I'd be like yeah this is, isn't right. Um and if you're mad, you know, I don't really need you in my league anyway.
0: <laughs> so 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 Bill is very, very much from a uh, from a commissioner's point of view very much for the fairness of the entire league. I'm with Drew though man. If if the platform allows you to do it and there's nothing in bylaws that say you can't. Hey man, if I got to win the week to get into the playoffs, if I got to win the week to to beat you in the first round of these playoffs, I'm going to take every advantage that I can that I can legally get. I'm not going to collude with anyone. I'm not going to do any of that that wild stuff. But if the platform lets me do it, th- this was the whole uh Taysom Hill conversation from last year when he was a, t- a tight end on some form, but he was playing quarterback, and you know people were like, "You can't start him at tight end." Hey, there's a TE next to his name. The platform allows me to put him into that position. It's not my fault. Now, I will say the other reason why I feel no sympathy for player A. You waited until Sunday. Or Saturday night or whatever the case may be, you set yourself up for this possibility. Like, listen, I know there's I know there's a lot of thought process sometimes that goes behind, like, hey, I'm gonna wait till last minute. This guy is on the injury report, but he might play, so I'm gonna hold off on trying to grab somebody else, but you leave yourself open for something like this. And if the platform allows you to do it and there's no rule against it, I listen. I will take any advantage that I can take that the platform will give me in order to especially this time of year. I mean everybody is, you know, everybody's trying to use every single thing and, and Drew, I believe you mentioned it. This is this is why you do fab. Like you ain't got these problems no more cuz guess what? If you want to use your fab and use, you know, 30% of your fab to pick up and drop a bunch of players, all right, but you're you're killing your fab and you never know when you might need that. So that is, you know, kind of the downside of that. If you have fab is like, yeah, you can use it, but you might be hurting yourself in the end. So uh, that that's my point of view on it. If it lets you do it, uh, let, you, let you do it. So we got we got one here from Ridley Truther. I want to I want to throw this one up here. Say, yo, boys, Wednesday night popping with the live FF pods. Thoughts on Diggs. Talked earlier about this, but not seeing him go for two firsts anymore. Was last year his ceiling? Will we ever see it again? Um, if you're playing in IDP, uh, Trayvon Diggs is probably worth three firsts now because he's a—he's uh, so good. Um, but no, obviously you're talking about uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, Yeah, I don't think he's going for two firsts anymore. I don't know if you guys have seen anything different in your leagues. I mean, I mentioned earlier that I got him last year pretty much for a first, for one first. Um, I do think that last year was his ceiling, but he's still a top 10 guy. He's not, you know, he didn't turn into a pumpkin this year. He's not wide receiver, you know, 24. You know, he's he's still very, you know, doing very well this season. Um. But, yeah, I don't think, you know, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's going for two firsts in very many leagues. I'm not going to say there's no league where he'll go for two firsts because somebody will say, I just paid two first for him. Okay, <laughs> But I think the overwhelming majority of leagues, he will not go for two firsts. Um, but, hey, listen, people are going to call this a Stefan Diggs down year. Whether it's right or wrong, and I think it's wrong, personally but play that play that value if you want digs if you like digs yeah drew big uh big bills fan i know he likes him some digs play that in your leagues sad look man i'll I'll give you a a late first for him he he had a down year but i think he can bounce back you know take this late first and see what happens you know some people might be on that train where they're like yeah he, he had a down year i don't I don't think he will ever get back to, what was he last year, wide receiver three, I think he ended the season as. Yeah, he probably won't get back there, but if he's wide receiver ten for the next three seasons, I'm good. I'm good giving up a mid to late first for that. I am I, Because honestly, I don't know, you know, how many guys in that range are going to be a wide receiver one for the next three seasons out of a draft class. So. Uh, what do you guys think about it?
1: Yeah, I don't think he ever gets back there. Um, even if you could, you know, even if you could pull the one eleven, one twelve, you look at last year's class, and what is that? That's Devonta Smith and maybe Jalen Waddle or one of those guys, and Elijah Moore. Uh, you know, am I giving digs up for those two guys? Depending on the league, I might, um, but I, I don't know that I'd give those two guys to get digs back. Uh, and most teams, you know, if I've got Waddle and Elijah Moore. I'm not giving the two of them to get digs back um, unless maybe it's a start nine or something like that. And I'm already stacked at wide receiver, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, he probably saw a ceiling in value last off season. And, you know, if somebody is dangling a couple of firsts out there or a first and a second, go for it. Um, I, funny. Uh, I'm curious if we look back at that trade that you made Josh uh, that mid to, to late first, you know, was that Javante that was taken with that pick or who was is- that?
0: That actually ended up being Waddle that was taken. Uh, so I mean, at the time I thought I you know, I thought I really fleeced, but Waddle's had a hell of a season. So at this point it looks like eh, it was probably it about fifty yeah,
1: fifty. Yeah. You
0: know, so um but yeah, yeah, I you know
1: I love Diggs. He's he's tied to Allen. He's gonna have some really good games still. Uh, I think Josh is right. He's going to be a wide receiver one for the next couple of years, at least. He's not anywhere close to a decline, and he's skilled enough. He's not a speed guy like Tyreek or somebody like that that's going to just have a cliff once his hamstrings give out or something. So uh, if you're getting him for less than a first or you know, for a late first by itself, I, I would absolutely give that up uh, to get him on my team for the next couple of years. But uh, I think you can probably wait till after the season and maybe maybe buy a little bit lower on him even. Uh, especially, you know, what if you could turn that Elijah Mitchell into the pick that got you Stefan Diggs?
0: Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, any thoughts here, Bill, on uh, on Stefan?
2: No, nah, I think you guys covered it. I pretty much agree um, with pretty much everything you said.
0: Good. I, I want to hit. I want to hit one more question on our way out because uh, I, I feel very passionate about this one. Ah, uh, this is from We Hate Rob at We Hate Rob. Rob, I don't hate you, man. Uh, he said we are one week away from people telling us that if we miss the playoffs, to basically stop playing for the last three weeks. Don't add, drop, or hit the waivers. Save all the players for the playoff teams. Goofy. It's funny because a, a very prominent fantasy football guy came out and said, "If you." are not in the playoffs don't touch waivers and somebody brought up hey like dynasty you know he said even in dynasty you shouldn't touch the waiver wire and i was like wait a minute first of all in dynasty you never know that that guy you get off the waivers today could be a guy that you can trade for a second or a third tomorrow i mean greg reynolds i mean that dude builds detroit lions that dude came out of nowhere and I saw him go in a couple leagues. I saw him getting picked up. And then I heard later on that apparently Adam Schefter had, had brought him up during um, the ESPN fantasy telecast that he was a guy that he was hearing rumblings in the street was going to get some big playing time. So I guess that's why in some of these dynasty leagues, I saw him getting, getting picked up like, who knows? That guy could be a one-week wonder, or that guy could end up having two or three really good weeks at the end of the season. And you trade him for a second to a playoff team who needs a running back, and all of a sudden, you turned a waiver-wire guy into a second-round pick. Like, why, why, as a rebuilding team, as a team that didn't make the playoffs, why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to get another asset to rebuild your team? Um, but even if we're just talking about uh, redraft leagues, I'm sorry, I I paid my money to play this this year. We're playing 17 games. I'm playing all 17 games. Yeah, I I want to mess with you playoff team. I didn't make it, so you know what you know what my fun is going to be not playing playoff games because I was not good enough. My fun is going to be watching you go. Oh, I can't believe this dude took insert waiver wire guy here. And watch him shake his fist in the air like an old man. Like, that's going to be my fun. And, again, this goes back to you should probably be doing fab because then you don't have these problems. But if you're doing the waiver wire order and it resets after every week where the worst team gets the first pick, yeah, yeah, I want to take that guy away from you. I want to see you wiggle and try to make moves and do all that stuff. That's going to be my fun. And I paid for 17 weeks. I'm going to play 17 weeks. Uh, what do you guys think?
2: I don't really have a strong opinion. Um, I'm okay with people messing around and uh, screwing, screwing Dynasty, no doubt. I mean, that's ludicrous to what? even say what? that you think that, like, people should stop. I, that's embarrassing to be said, honestly. Um Keeper leagues, obviously you should be able to pick players up. Like the only one I can see an argument for, and I don't feel it's a strong argument is complete redraft. And, and so I, I, I just don't have a strong feeling either way. Like, Hey, if you want to fuck around and uh, you know, with the teams that are in the playoffs, by all means, like I'm not here to tell you not to do something um, because like you said, you paid for it. So Um, I'm probably not doing that. Um, Again, it's just a different, like I've shut it down. Like I couldn't give a shit about a league I'm at in the playoffs anymore until next year. So, um, so I'm probably avoiding doing that, but Hey, teach their own. And um, I'm not going to give
0: you a hard time about doing it. What do you think, Drew?
1: Go for it.
0: Thank you. Two to men that that uh, that uh think very similar to me. I love hearing it because I know some people are like, uh, if you're not in the playoffs, you got to, you know, and, and people brought up a lot of good points. Even in redraft leagues, you know, last place, you know, there's punishments in some leagues for last place. Like, yeah, you should definitely be picking up guys off of the waiver wire and trying to keep yourself out of last place. You know what I mean? You know, there's a, a lot of different scenarios, but even if it's just, you know, a pride thing and, you know, uh, Drew, Bill, you guys play in a lot more leagues than I do, but I, I play in a good amount of leagues as well. Um, but there's some people that just play in like one or two leagues, and they're like, "Hey, like these leagues are important to me." Like, yeah, I'm out of it, but you know, I definitely want to. You know, I want to stick it to my buddy, or I want to, you know, you know, you play maybe you're you're in a league with your your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend or whatever. You want to stick it to them a little bit because you're not in and they are. So it's, you know, I, I hate when people say, hey, like, this is the way you have to play or this is the way you should play. Listen, play the way you want to play. Like Bill said, hey, if you're in a league, you're in a redraft league, you know, you're, you know, three, what, three and 11 right now. And you're like, Dude, I'm shutting this down. This ain't worth it to me. I've, I've been out of the playoffs for a while. Shut it down, man. It's cool. Like, don't even worry about it. One less thing on your plate. But me, I'm I'm a stubborn person. I am I am a prideful person, and I, I'm like the Titanic. I'm going down with the ship, man. the The ship is sinking. We're gonna we're gonna we hit the iceberg. I'm going down with it, uh, you know. And I'm gonna go down fighting. So, um, that's how I feel about that. But uh. Fellas, I got to say, I think we, I uh, think we did a damn good job. You know, my, my internet held out, uh, thankfully. So uh, I'm, I'm happy about that, but you know, uh, thank you guys. I I love, I love podcasting with you guys. So I want to thank you, but thank you guys uh, in the chat, everybody. Justin was giving us some, some uh, bylaw questions. Ridley Truther hit us with what about Stefan Diggs, which by the way, uh, Trayvon has nine interceptions, and Stefan's uh, highest reception total uh, this year is nine. so it's a, uh, it's a nine to nine tie right now between the Diggs
1: brothers. Uh, I just want to throw that out there because Ty's uh, got to go to the defense on this one.
0: Ooh, Ty's got to go to the defense. I like that. Um, but they're both so good. I can't believe two, two players two players like that come out of the same family, but uh, I'm, I'm digressing now. Uh, Thank you to everybody in the chat. Really appreciate it. It's always so much more fun when you guys are hitting us with questions and and doing your thing. Uh, Remember, subscribe, hit the bell so you know when we go live because we want you back in the chat. We want you talking to us even more. Um, Thank you to everyone who is listening to us in podcast form. Listen, we are at almost an hour and 15 minutes. That is a lot of time. You could be doing a lot of other things, uh, but you're listening to us, and we appreciate it. Make sure if you're doing the podcast thing, if you somehow tripped and fell and found us, uh, hit subscribe so you get us every week when we do this. If you're already subscribing, just make sure you rate and review um, because that gets us out there. It gets us in front of more people, and we just want this thing to be as big as possible because the bigger, the better, bigger, the more fun. We, we want to have as much fun as humanly possible with this um and on that note bill i think we
1: are out of here late